Sometimes things get farther away. Sometimes it feels just so irrelevant. 10 minutes later after tapping, you're like, why was I angry about that? When we tap on these endpoints of meridians, we send calming signal to the amygdala. After the EFT session, differential expression in 72 genes were found. If I need someone to break through, eliminating belief, a place they've struggled, a way of reacting, anxiety and patterns in the body of high cortisol and unhealthy behaviors, tapping just breaks through in incredible ways. Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. I have been waiting to do this episode since I first read about tapping years ago. Friends, tapping is truly life-changing, and this episode is with the go-to expert, the New York Times best-selling author, Nick Ortner. I am so grateful for it. I'm not even going to say much because I don't want to spoil all the goodness, so you'll just have to listen, but it's truly amazing. I am a Himalaya Partnered Show, and if you follow the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast in the Himalaya app, You'll get early access to my podcast 24 hours in advance, so definitely check that out. And lastly, please join me in my Facebook community. That is Paleo OMAD Biohackers, Intermittent Fasting Plus Real Foods Plus Life. It's a wonderful community for discussing all the things, so if you'd like to talk more about tapping, definitely join me there. All right, so without further ado, please enjoy this wonderful conversation with the New York Times bestselling author, Nick Ortner. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show. I am arguably giddy with excitement right now. I am here with Nick Ortner. He is the author of The Tapping Solution, A Revolutionary System for Stress-Free Living. Nick, this book has been a huge part of my life for years. Let's see. Wait, when did you publish it? Seven years ago in April. Okay. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I started using it in 2014. So it must have been sort of right after you released it-ish. I've had so many requests from listeners to have an episode on tapping. So I'm thrilled to be here with you, Nick, because I mean, you're the go-to guy for tapping and your book has had such an effect on my life. So thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure. And I got to make sure I don't interview you because I want to know all about your tapping experiences there. They are just as exciting to me as as sharing mine because as you know, the stories of people's lives changed that come from this are just extraordinary. Yeah, it's really, really revolutionary. And for listeners, if you don't even know what tapping is, you're probably thinking, what is tapping? Which we will obviously get into. But I just know for me personally, because I know like when you're dealing with really any sort of stressor or negative thing in life, be it mental, physical, whatever it is, you know, there's so many therapeutic modalities that one can use to to work on that. But tapping just at least for me personally, brings it to a whole nother level. And I think that it does tie into, which we'll discuss in this episode, the the scientific basis of how it's tying into, you know, the our limbic system and things like that. I guess to start things off, would you like to tell listeners a little bit about your own personal health history and what led you to tapping? Yeah, absolutely. So I discovered for me personally, this technique called tapping or EFT, that's the form of 
tapping that we use. Tapping I sort of describe as a term like meditation, right? So there's all different kinds of meditation and there's different kinds of tapping and EFT, a sequence, a certain form of using it, which we'll go over in the conversation today is the one that I used. And I found it for myself. It was right around 2003, as best as I can remember. Again, like now looking back at, wait, 17 years ago? How did that happen? I've been trying to think extra hard the last couple months to what my exact first exposure to it was. And I'm fairly sure that I saw Tony Robbins doing it on stage at a leadership conference in San Diego, did a little demonstration of it. And I think that was my sparking point to then go research it. And I found my way online as we do and was reading about it and started using it for myself, just like everyone does the first time, like look it up and okay, what are the points? There were some videos then, but not too many resources. There's a big website by Gary Craig, who's the founder of EFT, Patricia Carrington, other people who are using it. And in 2003, it was just me, like maybe our listeners who were going, hmm, what can I do in my life to change it? What can I do to create lasting change in the different aspects of my life? And I started playing with this tapping technique, using it with friends and family. The running joke at the time was, don't say anything is wrong around Nick because he'll make you tap on it. That was just my excitement, my passion. And what was so cool about it is that, you know, Melanie, if you and I were friends, we could be talking about something and you'd say, oh, I'm just so angry about this thing. I've been thinking about it for a month. I can't let it go. And as your friend, I would say, I learned this tapping thing. Let's try it. And that's what I did with all my friends, with all my family. And people experienced results right then and there. And you could see it. And, you know, your friends and family are probably the best place to start because they're they're not going to do it just to amuse you or like if it doesn't work, they're going to tell you, I think, for the most part, at least my friends and family are quite honest. And time and again, they'd say, oh, wow, that I'm not angry anymore. I'm not sad anymore. My shoulder pain is gone. Like what just happened? And that was my use of it for a couple of years, just using it personally. I started working with a couple of clients and by clients, I mean, friends, people I met in different places, and I would do coaching with them for free just because I was so into the technique. And But my day job was, during that time, I was in real estate. I was buying, fixing up and selling properties with my dad and my brother here in Connecticut. You know, it wasn't a fulfilling job. It was a job. It was a business that we were trying to grow. It was something that we fell into, but my passion was clearly around personal development, life change, what can we do to create what we want in our lives, to create the habits we want, the relationships we want, the experiences we want. And in 2007, I happened to be, and I think you'll appreciate this, I happened to be in the middle of a fast. This was a green juice fast for the most part. I was out at the Tree of Life Center in Arizona, middle of winter, it was dry, it was cold, not the best environment or time to do a green juice fast. It was so dry. It was unbelievable. I remember layering lotion on at night because it was just so dry. But anyone who's done fasting, and now I know a lot more people have because it's the new hot thing that's been around forever, which is very exciting because I'm a fan. But in 2007, I was on day five of the fast, feeling like a million bucks, clarity, energy, enthusiasm, passion. And I had this inspiration to make a documentary film about tapping. 
Now people would say, okay, so you must have been into filmmaking or something like that. And it was like, no, I had zero filmmaking experience, bought $40,000 worth of camera equipment on credit cards and credit lines and anywhere I could scrounge up the money. I enlisted my younger sister, Jessica, who had just dropped out of college. So she had some free time on her hands. She knew that that traditional college wasn't going to be her route and she wanted to do something different. And then one of my best friends from high school, Nick Polizzi, who's now gone on to do some other amazing things in the field. And the three of us set out to make this documentary film about tapping, literally opening up boxes in my 500 square foot apartment in Bethel, Connecticut, and said, is this a light? And this looks like a light. Or is this, okay, here's the cameras. We know these are the cameras. Just had no idea what we were doing, but we were passionate. And I know it's corny and cheesy and people say, you know, follow your passion and roll your eyes, but underneath it all, it's just the reality. Like, especially now, especially in this day and age, with the resources that we have at our fingertips, anything is possible if you've got that drive, if you've got the hunger, if you've got that motivation and that passion. And we set off over the next year to interview people from around the country. One thing I knew when I was putting the film together was that there were experts around the country who were using tapping in their practice and who recommended it. People like Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup for the Soul. He loved tapping, was a fan, continues to be a fan. Uh, Cheryl Richardson, Joe Vitale, who people were very familiar with then because The Secret had just come out. Bob Doyle, Bob Proctor, same thing. So I knew these experts were out there and we got them on camera talking about tapping, talking about how it had changed their lives, how they had used it. And then we did something which I think was pretty unique at the time and really helped crystallize the film and sort of underneath all the work we've done since then. When we were making the film, I wanted to make sure not to just have experts talking about it. I wanted to have real people demonstrating the results. So we put out a call for applicants and we had hundreds of applications for this free four-day event in Connecticut to learn how to do tapping and to overcome challenges. We decided on 10 people. We flew around the country to film them beforehand in their houses. So there was John in Minneapolis who had had chronic back pain for 30 years. He was a Vietnam veteran. He struggled with pain, multiple surgeries, medications. He had been through the gamut. And we show him in his house, groaning as he sits in a chair, showing all his back surgeries and x-rays and everything that's wrong with him. And then he comes to the event. We had Jody in Texas who had been dealing with fibromyalgia for the last 10 years, in pain every single day, trouble going up and down the stairs. A young, vibrant grandmother who you could see the life was being drained out of her by the pain that she was feeling. And then eight other people, eight other amazing participants, each with their own challenges and stories with weight loss and food cravings and drug addiction and smoking and all these challenges. And we brought them together for these couple of days and filmed every minute of it. And what the film shows, and it's no surprise to me because I saw it time and again before then, and I've seen it, you know, a thousandfold since then, that tapping transformed their lives. We see John wake up the second morning of the event pain-free for the first time in 30 years. And it's the kind of stories where 
I know you've heard of Melanie and maybe you've experienced them yourselves. They land in the too good to be true category very quickly because it's like, wait, what? He was in pain for 30 years. He came and hung out with us for a couple of hours. We did this weird tapping thing where we're tapping on endpoints of meridians of the body while focusing on certain statements, while saying certain things. And then he woke up pain-free for the first time in 30 years. And that's what's possible with tapping. We released the film. We created the Tapping World Summit, which is about to go into its 12th year, coming up in a couple weeks now, and then released the Tapping Solution book, as you mentioned, you read, and just have continued to get the word out there about how to use this technique in all aspects of our lives. Well, it is so wonderful. And I bet listeners, especially listeners who have never tried tapping, might be thinking this sounds a little too good to be true. But that is one of the things I actually really loved, at least in the book, when you were talking about the documentary experience was how honest your portrayal was with all of the participants. And, you know, it clearly was not like staged reality television or, you know, something to prove a point really came across as these people genuinely experienced this. And And I've seen that as well in myself. So before we go deeper into all of this, I guess we should explore a little bit about what tapping is, (laughs) because some listeners might be thinking, this is like a ballerina, like (laughs) what? Exactly. Tap dancing. So Nick, what is tapping? Yeah. So we call it tapping because we are physically tapping on these endpoints of meridians of our body. There's a sequence of points and we're applying pressure as if we're drumming on a table. We are tapping on these endpoints of meridians while focusing on the stress, the anxiety, the overwhelm, the pain in our bodies, whatever's going on that is keeping us stuck. And what the latest research is showing, and there's there's a couple elements that's expanding every single day, which is so exciting, not as fast as we all want it to be because research, it tends to be very slow, but I think we're getting there in some big ways. But some of the elements, one big one is that when we tap on these endpoints of meridians, we send calming signal to the amygdala in the brain. And a lot of your listeners will know that the amygdala is that fight, flight, or freeze response center in our brains. So when we're anxious about something, when we're angry, when we're traumatized, when we're overwhelmed, when we're stressed, that amygdala is firing. And as we tap while focusing on it, It's one of the different things about tapping as opposed to some other therapies that we begin with the negative. We speak the truth about how we feel. We start by saying, I'm anxious, I'm overwhelmed. We bring forward these quote unquote negative emotions in order to fire that amygdala, to have that memory center access, and then to calm it and then to counter program it. So there's a lot of elements that are all happening at the same time. I think the magic of tapping is the combination of elements that we, you know, some people just say, oh my gosh, this feels so freeing just to say how I feel, especially when we are into positive development, self-help, positive psychology as I am. And I love affirmations and I love positive thinking and I love the law of attraction and all these things to create the things that we want in our lives. But all too often for people, they'll learn that side of it and then they will swallow down anything negative. You know, I saw it in a big way when The Secret came out. And again, a movie that I love. And if you're not familiar with The Secret, it's a movie about the law of attraction. Whether you believe in it or not, the basis is, hey, think positive thoughts, right? The things that we think in our lives, the energy that we vibrate, 
is going to change our experience. And there could be some mystical components around that. And there could be some down to earth components that look, if you're walking around with a smile on your face, you're probably going to have a better experience and change the world around you. And that's all wonderful, but not at the expense of expressing how we feel, of acknowledging, hey, I'm, I'm scared here. Yeah, this is a difficult situation and I need to acknowledge how I feel. I'm overwhelmed. I've got some anger that I need to process. The beauty of tapping is that we do just that. We process our emotions. So, you know, if we're angry about something, there's a couple of traditional choices. One is to lash out and that is not often an appropriate or acceptable way to deal with anger. And unless you're in physical danger, then that's a different story. But if you are mad at your boss, you're not going to go in there and hit them, right? Or if you do, you're going to get fired or go to jail. So that's not an option. The other option, the other way people take when they don't have that physical option to express that fight or flight response is to swallow it down. And I think we can all connect with that idea, that visual, that feeling of swallowing something down. Oh, I'm angry and I want to say something but I just can't because it's not appropriate. So I'm going to swallow it and it's going to sit in my stomach. And that resentment is going to build and build and build. And maybe I'll acknowledge it or maybe I won't, but boy, is it going to be there? The middle path, the option that we're offering with tapping is to go, I'm going to express how I feel and I'm not going to do it at my boss's face. We don't tap while we yell at our boss. I'm going to take a, I'm going to work with the therapist or work by myself reading the book or follow a script to say, even though I'm angry, I choose to relax now. Even though I'm angry, I love and accept myself. And the key component is while doing this tapping process. So we are, we bring it forward. We think about it. We acknowledge how we feel. We're firing that amygdala. We're firing that memory response, whatever happened, whatever they said to us that we're thinking about. And then we're doing the tapping to counter program that signal. And until you experience it, it seems a little bit out there. It still shocks me every time I do it for myself personally. If I'm stuck on something or angry about something, you acknowledge it, you say, it, you tap through it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's hard to describe the experience for it's different from everybody. You might feel things like, and, and Melanie, maybe you can comment on what your experience has been, but sometimes things get farther away. Sometimes it feels just so irrelevant. Like you go 10 minutes later after tapping, you're like, why was I angry about that? Or like, why was I sad? Or why was I anxious? It just becomes a non-issue because we move our body, our brain, our memory system, our central nervous system, every part of who we are. We disconnect it from that negative emotion, disconnect it from that traumatic event. We leave it behind truly. And that's how we can create those big changes in our lives. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up, for example, comparing it to something like positive thinking or the secret, because I know like my personal experience, <laughs> actually, the, probably one of the main reasons I have this podcast now is I read the secret and I was like, I'm going to make this podcast. <laughs> and, and here we are. And I think that's, you know, something like positive thinking works really, really well when it's something that you're already motivated for when there's not an aspect of really, really intense fear or anxiety or some sort of physical issue attached to it. But when it's deeper than that, when it is something that you're struggling with, you know, from a trauma or a stressor, something ongoing, it can be, like you said, really, really hard to just think positive. Yeah. And most of us sort of know, I mean, we know in the back of our heads, 
Like, for example, if you are trying to do something, you're trying to create this podcast, right? Let's take your example. So you have the idea, okay, I'm going to create a podcast. And if you, if you sit with everyone listening, you can do this for something that you're interested in doing, some big goal or dream, something you want to move towards. What will happen when we tune into these goals and, and when we don't just force ourselves? We want to look for things like, for example, if you said out loud, if you were struggling financially and you said, next year, I want to make a million dollars, or next year, I choose to make a million dollars, or I will make a million dollars, however you want to language it. And then you tune into how you feel and you listen to your gut and your intuition and you listen to your brain and what it's telling you. And you might hear things like, okay, listen, that's impossible. Like, there's no way. I mean, you're in debt right now. You're not making any money. How are you going to go to make a million dollars? So then you go, all right, I'm going to give a voice to that voice. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to tap through it because that voice, we all see it as a negative thing. Oh, doing negative thinking and I got to get rid of that. We all have this negative voice. It's not going to go away. There's a scientific historical reason for it. It's actually a thing. It's called the negativity bias. We are all biased to look for the negative. Why? Because it keeps us safe. And that's why, Melanie, you can probably read a hundred amazing reviews about your podcast. And then if one person complains about the sound glitch on one of them at minute 32 for 18 seconds, and they leave you a one-star review, what does your brain do? Hi, friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th annual biohacking conference, May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course, I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and dry farm wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind-blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples, meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. You can hear talks from people I've had on the show like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Annika Becca, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys. And you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Hi friends. One of the most valuable things that I do every single night of my life is my infrared sauna session. The brand that I use is Sunlighten. 
I did a lot of research on infrared saunas before deciding on them. Their saunas are so high quality, they're low EMF. And what I really love is they have a solo unit, that's what I have, and it's really great if you live in a small apartment, might be moving, it's just really an amazing investment and they have incredible deals and offers on it right now. You can actually get up to $200 off with the code Melanie Avalon, or if you're talking to a rep, just tell them that I sent you. And like I said, that will be up to $200 off and that will also get you $99 shipping. Normally the shipping is like $600. So that's a really, really big deal. And if you do purchase a sauna, forward your proof of purchase to podcast at melanieavalon.com. And I will also send you a signed copy of my book, What, When, Why. If you'd like to learn more about the science of sauna, two resources. I interviewed the founder of Sunlighten, Connie Zach. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then I also recently did an epic blog post all about the science of sauna. We'll also put that in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. Oh yes. I I remember when I first started the intermittent fasting podcast, for example, I read one review that was commenting on my laugh and for the next like 20 episodes, I edited out my laugh. Oh, Melanie. Uh. I hear you. This is what we all deal with and feels like a little thing, but it's a big thing. And especially in this social media world and this hyper-connected world where some random person who, you know, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they were having a bad day. Let's say they've never laughed before. Let's say they had a horrible childhood and that's why they said something so mean that they can affect you so dramatically. We're so interconnected, which is why we need this tool more than ever, because we can let go. We can do the tapping on these little things. We can disconnect from that emotion. Now, again, it doesn't mean this negativity bias is there. And what I think is so powerful, like I was excited when I learned about this negativity bias, when I read about it and the research about it, because it said to me, all right, you know, we can all collectively look around together and say, yeah, we are biased towards the negative. We have some genetic predisposition to anxiety because we are looking for, you know, this fearful thing. And then we can acknowledge that it's there and move through it as opposed to what most people do, which is especially when they're trying to be positive, when they're trying to emulate their role models who seem very positive and very happy on social media, we think that we're failing. We think if we have a negative thought, God forbid you watch the secret and then you go to bed that night and you think something negative, right? Because it's like, oh no, what have I done? I'm ruining it all. No, that bias is there. We acknowledge it and then we can move through it. Then we can work with our biology to go, hey, this is just a response. And as we begin to acknowledge that, to do the tapping, to let it go, you condition your brain. So it does get quieter. It does get smaller. That one-star review doesn't get you a decade later the way it did that first time around. You can laugh about your laugh. Like You can break through these things And it ends up being so freeing when we acknowledge the things that hurt us, the things that keep us stuck. Yeah. And so I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into the actual how tapping works, because I think that's what really sold it for me, especially when I first, I don't know, I think I'm trying to remember how I found out about it. I think I probably heard you on a podcast or something and then got the book and then I was sold. Can I interject now and ask you about your early experiences? Like, What told you? What breakthroughs did you have with it? So I started getting anxiety type issues when I started getting digestive issues in 2014 (laughs) and was really looking for, you know, techniques to work through that. And when I came across 
tapping, I listened to your book. I was blown away by the science behind it. It just really seemed to make sense. And we can talk in a bit about some of, some of the science there. The, the studies are pretty incredible. And then I started doing some online videos. And I remember the first time, I remember the first time I did it, I brought up a video and I was like, okay, this is, what am I doing? <laughs> you got to close the shade so your neighbors don't think you're losing it. It was a video on YouTube that was led by a practitioner. And you, you know, you tap these points and you repeat these, these sayings. And I was like, this is not going to do anything. I mean, I, I was hopeful, but I didn't think it was actually going to you know, do anything. And I started doing the video and halfway through, I just started bawling my eyes out. And it was shocking because I wasn't really much of a crier <laughs> up until that point. And I was like, where is this coming from? And the fact that it just came out of seemingly nowhere, I was like, okay, there's something happening here. Like this is definitely doing something because if I was just standing here saying these things, I would not be bawling my eyes out. Let me pause you and then I want to hear the rest of it. But I have heard that statement, exactly what you said so many times. And I don't want it to scare people that think things like people, I don't want to cry, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know what the mechanism is, but something unlocks. There's something that happens in that process. Again, the magical combination of the acknowledgement, the tapping, like you said, is clearly something. Because if you had just stood there saying those statements, you're not going to break down crying. There was something that let go in your body, something, maybe a part of you that felt safe for the first time, a part of you that turned off that fight or flight response, a part of you that relaxed and then that unleashed that torrent of emotions. Yeah. I mean, it was so telling for me. I remember thinking at that moment, I mean, it was a really emotional experience and I'm an actress as well. And I remember thinking, I remember at the time thinking how like I'll often have scenes where you're supposed to cry. And I was like, wow, I should have had this tool in my, <laughs> in my toolbox this whole time. But yeah, just continuing to do the videos. And what I found is speaking to the crying, it's often unexpected. Like I'll do different ones and it'll be things I'm not even anticipating to have an emotional response to. And these things come up. And I think in your book, you talk about it sort of like peeling back the layers of an onion. And that's really what it feels like that you're like going deeper and deeper. And it's like finding these, these hidden you know, storage stressors and traumas and doing the tapping really feels like you're just opening the gateway and finally letting those out. And then at the end, you were talking about how people experience having, you know, just a sense of, you know, relief or like peace. And that's definitely what I've seen. And since then I've, I've done a lot of different, I've engaged with a lot of different like types of therapies. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm all about mindfulness and, you know, reframing our thoughts and trying to understand what is our experience of the world. I'm really fascinated by it. I could go on a tangent forever. Why does one thing stress me out, but it doesn't stress somebody else out? In theory, we could not be stressed by anything because for every situation, one person could be stressed by it. Another person might not be. So in theory, we could not be, you know? Yeah. I think the only thing, and this is, you know, goes back to why that fight or flight response is there in the first place is for when we're in danger, right? So in theory, if we're in danger, if someone is throwing a punch at you, we should all respond the same way, right? We should all fight, flee, or freeze, and our amygdala should fire in that dangerous situation. But you bring up a great point and something that I use to illustrate how tapping can work so powerfully. Why is one person scared of public speaking and the other one not scared? Right? I can go on stage in front of 5,000 people it's a safe environment. Now, was I a little nervous the first time I did in 2011 or 12 or whenever, 2010, whenever it was? 
yeah, I was probably a little nervous, but there wasn't any terror. I was using tapping along the way, so that certainly made it easier, but I didn't have any trauma around it. But for our listeners who do know, oh yeah, I'm scared of public speaking. If I said, hey, John, you know, in 10 minutes, you're going to stand up in front of 5,000 people and even read a statement, right? Not even come up with their own thing. Like, hey, here's 5,000 people. You got to read this paragraph. If you have a fear of public speaking, if you have a trauma, if you have a conditioned response that says public speaking is dangerous, stressful, whatever's going on, you're going to have a terrible response you're going to get. And let's think about what happens. I always ask people on stage, like, if you were scared of public speaking, you came up here, what would happen? And they say things like sweaty palms. My stomach would be rumbling. I mean, talking about anxiety and digestive issues, right? Like someone's scared of public speaking, their stomach is going to be in rough shape because all that stress is localized there. And if we peel it back further to try to understand what might be going on, and this is what you discover in the tapping process. I love that you say how things come up sometimes that you don't even know are related. That's why, you know, we have these events, our annual Tapping World Summit, and we cover all different topics. There's 20 presentations over 10 days. And I say to people in the beginning, even if you think that day five on some relationship thing doesn't apply to you, just listen in because I hear time and again go, I didn't think it applied to me, but oh my gosh, I remembered this. And there's this whole other part of my life that I've been ignoring or this other trauma that I've been ignoring. So, you know, go back to public speaking. Why does John get sweaty palms and, you know, his stomach hurts and he is nauseous when he's asked to speak in public? And usually more often than not, it's because of an originating trauma. So maybe John or Susie or Karen or whoever we're dealing with got up in front of the class in fifth grade to read a book stumbled on a word, mispronounced a word, said something funny, the whole class laughed. And that person, that individual, that soul, that system decided in that moment, this is not a safe place to be. Public speaking is dangerous. I'm bad at public speaking. I get sweaty. I fail. And what's especially tough about these things, these beliefs that we decide about ourselves, these experiences we have, early on is that then they become part of our identity. So, you know, we can again survey an audience and people will say, I'm a good public speaker. I'm an average public speaker. I'm a bad public speaker. Like we have these identities. This is who we are. This is what we're good at and what we're bad at. And then we lock onto these identities and these identities tend to reinforce themselves. So if I came on this podcast with you, Melanie, believing that I was a bad public speaker, I'd probably get nervous. I'd probably talk fast. I'd probably blank. You could ask me a question and then I get really blank and, okay, I'm stuck and I have this bad experience. And then when I'm done this afternoon or tonight, I'm thinking about it and I'm looking back on my experience and I reinforce again, well, yeah, I am a bad public speaker. Like there's evidence of that. I failed. I forgot the question. I blanked out. I was sweaty. And these experiences build upon themselves. So then we decide well, I'm never doing that again. I'm never going to be in a relationship again because I always get hurt. I'm never going to try because the last five businesses I tried failed. I'm never going to be the, here and do what I want to do because of these limiting beliefs, these past failures. And tapping, as you've experienced, unlocks them in ways that I just don't know if anything else does. And if other things do, I mean, there's other amazing therapies or other amazing approaches 
I love meditation and mindfulness are part of my practice. But if I need to get someone who's scared of speaking in public on stage, tapping is the way to go. If I need someone to break through a limiting belief, a place they've struggled, a way of reacting, anxiety, patterns of stress and overwhelm, patterns in the body of high cortisol and unhealthy behaviors, tapping just breaks through in incredible ways. Yeah, speaking to that, you know, thinking about things like mindfulness or meditation or even, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, all these other paths that people often take to address these these fears and these issues, for those, I think they can be, you know, really effective, but they just require a lot of the prefrontal cortex initiating, you know, like you have to think about what to think about to make the changes. Whereas with tapping, I feel like it provides, I don't want to say a shortcut because it's not like it's lazier. <laughs> it provides a direct path almost to what you're trying to, th- I think people often try to like think their way into It's like physically, at least from my experience, it ties you into that. That's something I'd love to dive deeper into. So what have the studies shown about tapping these points that we tap on, how are they determined? You talk about the history of the meridian points in the book. So what's actually happening in our bodies when we're tapping on these points? These are major endpoints of meridians. They're places of high conductivity. I was just speaking with one of the leading researchers in tapping, Dr. Peta Stapleton, who lives out in Australia. And she was telling me that she's actually doing some work with a band right now. I'm going to get more details from her that it's a headband that goes, you know, around around your head and senses brain frequency. And they are using that. And again, like I just heard about this. So to see how different points light up within the brain, I think we're going to have more data on that in the coming years. You know, the main tapping protocol, TFT, or the first tapping protocol was developed 30 years ago. EFT, which is doing the same sequence of points all the time, is probably about 20 years ago now. And for a long time, it was all about the meridians and Chinese medicine and obviously great foundation and roots to it. But now we're starting to be able to do the scans to show, hey, tapping underneath the eye is doing something different when you hit this point, as opposed to, say, tapping on the end of your nose, which is not one of the major endpoints of meridians. There's been some studies because people always say, well, you know, what if you tap on the endpoint? of the nose? Would that do the same thing? Is it just a distraction mechanism? And they've done some, what they call dismantling studies, where they test out those different components and have shown specifically, hey, these major endpoints and meridians, they do make a difference. There's more points than the basic ones that we go through. Potentially, again, within the next couple of years, you know, I'm open to more points if we, especially if we're mapping the brain and seeing what's working for what specifically, we might find, oh, there's points on the inside of the wrist that we're not using that could be really helpful in this situation. But yeah, the basis is that these are major endpoints of meridians of our body. They're easy to reach places. There's also some around the ankle and the foot, but it just becomes difficult in the sequence to say, you know, as you're tapping, now lean over and, you know, get this point in particular. So it's a combination of things that we know work, plus simplicity, plus the ability for people to remember it. Because if we make it too complicated, we could add 18 points and maybe they all do something, but now you can't remember how to do it and you don't have time to do it and then you give up on it. So one of the beautiful things about EFT, about what Gary Craig, who was the developer of EFT, figured out was if we can make this what he called a basic recipe, 
it makes it so it's easy to translate. It's easy to share with other people. It's easy for, as I talked about in the beginning, one person to sit down and say with their friend and say, oh, you're angry about something? Let me show you this simple technique and show you the results. Yeah. And one of the things I love you're just talking about is once you do it more and more, it becomes so, <laughs> it just becomes so intuitive and you can just go through the the sequence so effortlessly. But I do remember when I first started doing it, you're like, what, where do I tap? And <laughs> No, totally. I mean, it takes a couple of minutes and you pick it up pretty quickly and then you can do the same thing all the time. The difference is in, in what you say in that guidance process. You know, one of the things I've been most excited about in terms of the tapping solution in the last year is an app that we released in October of 18. So it's been out just for a little over a year. And what's great about the app is that people can just look at the points right there. They light up as you go through the different points. And then the audio narration takes you through what to say. So it's a guided system that way. If you're dealing with a specific issue, you have the pointers and the guidance and and taking you through that specific issue. I love that. You said that is available now? It's available now. If you're on Apple, it's on the iOS store. If you're Android, it's out for Android as well. All you have to do is search the tapping solution in any app store and it'll pop right up. And a couple of weeks ago, we passed 1.3 million completed sessions on the app. So, which, you know, 1.3 million times someone picked up their phone and said, you know, I'm anxious, I'm angry, I want to focus more, I want to get rid of this cold, I want to get rid of this pain. And what's really exciting for me about this app now is we have data on every single one of those sessions because before and after every session we say, okay, if you're anxious, where is it on a 0 to 10 scale? And people will say, well, it's an 8, and they mark it on the app, and that data point is stored for them and for us. And then they share what happened 10 minutes later. So, you know, I can tell you for all of those sessions, what people experience, what worked, the percentage change they had. And that's really exciting with the research going forward, just to quantify, you know, it's a little hard to argue with 1.3 million sessions. As an example, and these numbers are from a couple of weeks ago, so they'd be higher now, but we have a releasing anxiety session, which has been completed 213,104 times. So over 200,000 plays of this anxiety session. It's just over nine minutes long. And the average reduction in anxiety is 41%. So nine minutes for a 41% reduction in anxiety is just startling. It's what I know. It's what you know, Melanie, as the experiences you've had in the last seven years of using it. But it's just exciting to see that volume of data showing that significant drop. It's incredible. And for listeners, I'll definitely put links to all of this in the show notes, which again, they'll be at melanieavalon.com slash tapping. I'll also put links to all of the studies as well. One of the studies I love that you talked about in the beginning of the book, you talked about how they were doing the study measuring the cortisol levels and how they kept rerunning it. Would you like to tell the story? Because I didn't believe the findings. Yeah, so Dawson Church, who's a good friend and a leading EFT researcher and writer, he put together this cortisol study and, you know, saliva cortisol levels. There was the tapping group, there was a placebo group that didn't do anything, and then there was a CBT group that would sort of like talk therapy, just talk about their problems. The cortisol drops were so dramatic 
in the tapping. Well, I'm, 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 giving, I'm giving the punchline. I'll back it up. Dawson was going to present the results of the study at a conference, and he kept asking the lab for the results. Hey, give me, I mean, he was excited. He knew it was going to be good. Give me the results. And they said, sorry, it's delayed. It's delayed. It's delayed. And he couldn't understand why. And he was really bugging them. And they say, well, we just, there's something wrong. So we reran this like five times. And it turned out that the lab people were so surprised by the drop in cortisol. It was so high that they just kept rerunning it. Take little bits of saliva again and go, all right, someone must have made a mistake here because the drop in cortisol for this one hour of tapping is so significant. And it's something that, I mean, again, you know, when you sit there for just 10 minutes, you feel so much better. There's the stress just seems to melt away. But now we have the data showing it and we're getting more physical data. I was just reviewing a study and I'm going to pull up a piece of paper so I can read properly from this for you. This is a study on EFT and gene expression. So I'm going to read a couple lines. A pilot study compared an hour-long EFT session with a placebo session where subjects thought they were getting treatment, but it did not have an active component. And they did this with four participants. What this small study found was incredible. After the EFT session, differential expression in 72 genes were found. They were associated with suppression of cancer tumors, protection against ultraviolet radiation, regulation of type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance, immunity from opportunistic infections, antiviral activity, synaptic connectivity between neurons, synthesis of both red and white blood cells. I mean, this is like everything that we want in the body. It's a little ridiculous, this list. Enhancements of male fertility, building white matter in the brain, metabolic regulation, neuroplasticity, reinforcement of cell membranes, and a reduction of the oxidative stress occurred. This was a profound outcome and the first of its kind in the field. So it's a small study, but 72 genes change from doing this strange tapping thing on our bodies. Oh my goodness, Nick, we are, we are so on the same wavelength. I actually had that study pulled up right in front of me about the 72 genes because that is just so profound. There's a really good, really recent review of everything. It's called Clinical EFT Improves Multiple physiological markers of health. It's 2019. It actually references that study as well. And then it goes into a lot of other things. So for listeners, again, I'll, I'll put this all in the show notes, but it's just so much. And I just love that there's these actual trials showing these effects. And then the fact that we're seeing it on a genetic level, it's profound. Melanie, I read those studies and I go, I should really tap more often, <laughs> you know, like, and, and I do this and I use my own app, which is why I know the app is well done and a success because if I can use it to my own voice, it means I did something right because I'm usually not going to be interested in listening to myself. But it's so helpful to have someone guide you through the process. But I read these studies. Dawson sends me early data and says, oh, we just did this and showing that. And, you know, I think it's really important to do this genetic study, the physical effects, because it takes it to a whole other level. Again, this technique is spread like fire in a positive way around the world from people using it because they found change, just like you found change. But the next level, I think, of people using it, and then also when it comes to using it in hospitals and VA hospitals and clinics and the places around you know the country and the world where people really need help, where they need to relieve stress, where, where they need these interventions, if we begin to show a regulation of gene, if we begin to show you know, an, an 
improvement in immune function. I mean, we have a a cold, we have an upper respiratory cold sort of flu meditation in the app. And I've seen a bunch of anecdotal evidence. People write in every day going, oh my gosh, I was getting a cold. I could feel it coming and I did this and it stopped or I had a bad cold and my symptoms got so much better and I'm feeling great. So those are all amazing. But then when I can see, wait a second, it's not just that someone wrote that in, but there is a gene that was turned on that our immune function is improved by doing this tapping and the research bears it out. That's just sort of the next phase for this whole field. Yeah, it's so incredible. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but so my general understanding about why it's working on like a very basic level is it seems that we have these stored fears, these traumas, and typically we just experience them as fear and trauma and they just perpetuate themselves in this negative cycle. But if we purposely engage with them, because I know that's a question that I have. And I think a lot of people have is, you know, isn't focusing on something negative or stressful. Isn't that just going to attract it more? But from my understanding, by temporarily focusing on these traumas while activating the non-stress, the parasympathetic system, you know, but while telling our body physically that everything is okay, it's like it's retraining our mind to not associate fear and trauma with this trigger. Because that's one of the questions that I, I even... Even though I've like read all this and I see it so effective, I still sometimes wonder when I'm doing it, oh no, by dwelling on the negative, am I perpetuating, you know, am I just making it worse? No, absolutely. Well, let me tell you one sort of little global theory about it, and then we can talk about the actual brain side of it and what's happening there, which you you explained really well. But I was sitting a couple of years ago with Louise Hay, one of the greatest honors of my life, Louise Hay is the founder of Hay House, and she wrote a book called You Can Heal Your Life, along with many others. She's considered the queen of affirmations. She passed away a couple of years ago after a long and incredible life, and we were sitting on a couch. You can actually see the interview on Facebook or YouTube. We can link to it in the show notes. We were sitting down talking about tapping, and I had been doing tapping with her, and I said, Louise, you are the queen of affirmations and positive thinking and all these things. And what are you doing saying the negative? And she looked at me, and I don't know if she had thought about this answer before. <laughs> She's just such a genius. And she looked at me simply and she said, honey, if you want to clean a house, you have to see the dirt. That simple thought I carry with me every day as I think about tapping, as I think of what we're doing, we're just seeing the dirt. We're not dwelling on it. We're not being negative. You know, it's one thing to stew about something for a day, a week, a year, a decade to get mad, to not let it go. That's just looking at the dirt and doing nothing about it. What Louise is saying is, hey, there's dirt underneath that rug or in that carpet or in the corner of your house. See it and then just clean it up. And that's what we're doing with tapping. We're just doing the cleanup. Yeah, to that point. So because you're mentioning how you're saying you should do tapping more. I originally read your book, you know, shortly after it came out and did a lot of tapping back then. And then would do it like on and off, not like super regularly, but I would still, I had it as a tool in my toolbox as it were. And then when I was re-prepping for this interview, I was rereading your book and I was like, oh man, why am I not doing this 24-7? Started doing it more now. And a huge reframe that it provided for me that has just really, really stuck with me is that I was doing a lot of work with mindfulness and you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and things like that. And every time, I mean, I'm a work in progress, like none other, but I'm becoming 
a little bit better with identifying, you know, the voice in my head that, that is not me that, you know, not having attaching drama to it. But every time prior to rereading your book, when I would realize that, you know, oh, I'm identifying with this, this fearful voice in my head and that that's not me, I'd be kind of upset because I'd be like, man, you know, I didn't, it's still there. I didn't catch it. But now every time it comes up, I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to tap. This is a good thing because that voice is clearly still there. That fear is still there. I'm glad it's coming up because now I can uh, attack it with the tapping. So now I will just, cause you could do, you know, concentrated tapping sessions, which I do do. But now just when I'm like in life, when I feel, feel these fears come out or these anxieties, I see it as a moment to start tapping. Even if I look kind of crazy. <laughs> I love it. Not to put you on the spot, but have you tried the app yet? I have not. No. So I'm really, really excited. I mean, I'm telling you, I know I'm biased, so I don't mean to keep pitching it, but it's free to download. The way it works is you can get it for free and there's about 20 free meditations now. There's one in every category. So for anxiety, for weight loss, for financial challenges, there's a turn your day around category. And then there's, I think, close to 200 other meditations now. And I think you're really going to like it because it's, they're all between five and 20 minutes. They're there to just like clean things up. So we have motivate me to have a productive day, for example, which when I'm excited about some of these, especially when we go back to, oh, the negative, like, well, what if I don't want to look at these things? What if I don't want to focus on the negative? Great. You got, you can do the positive approach. Now with motivate me to have a productive day, what I say in the beginning is, what's your resistance to being productive? So you can tune in and you can go zero to 10. Yeah, I'm like at a seven or an eight. I just don't, I don't feel like doing anything today, right? Like it just, I don't have that energy. And you do the tapping, even though I'm not motivated, even though I feel resistance for some reason, that particular meditation goes just under eight minutes. It's seven minutes and 51 seconds. So, so easy to fit in. And with almost 65,000 plays of that one, there's a 47% reduction in intensity with the resistance to productivity. It's one of my go-to. It's like you're sitting there and I'm sure you faced it, Melanie, when you're like staring at your computer and your email box and you read the same five emails like 20 times because they were hard to deal with and you just click down to the next one and I'm like, I'm not doing anything right now, right? I'm in some fog for whatever reason. Pull up the meditation, do eight minutes of tapping, and it, it's just, it still blows me away how the energy shifts, it opens up, and you're just like ready to go. Okay, let's go. And it's not painful. You're not willing yourself to, okay, I got to have more willpower. I got to work harder. I got to focus. You just open up the energy, release the resistance, and then everything seems to flow so much more. So if you're already a tapping fan, I'm so excited for you to try the app. I think it's going to make it really easy for you to fit into your life. I'm so excited. I will be I will be getting that ASAP and using it 24-7. We have a five-day anxiety series in there too. So if you're dealing with anxiety, it's just five-day series that focuses like anxiety in the breath, anxiety in the body, anxiety in the mind. I think you're going to really like it. 
Super, super excited. I will definitely report back on that. Hi friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands. And it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. Friends, you guys know I love wine. Do you love wine? I've done a lot of research on wine, and I truly believe there are a myriad of health benefits. The longest-lived populations drink wine. The polyphenols have a ton of potential health benefits, activating anti-aging sirtuins, potentially supporting our immunity, maybe even encouraging weight loss. Yep, it's actually not alcohol that makes people gain weight. It's what they eat when they drink. But if you want all of the benefits of wine, the type of wine you're drinking is key. Conventional wine in the US is often full of toxins. We're talking things like pesticides, mold, and additives, dyes, colorizers, artificial flavors. Have you even seen some wine that says vegan? That's because conventional wine isn't even necessarily vegan because of the additives. 
I am obsessed with a company called Dry Farm Wines. They're not a wine producer, but rather a wine investigator. They go all throughout Europe and they find the wineries practicing organic practices, and then they test those wines to make sure the wines are, wait for it, low alcohol, low sugar, free of toxins, free of mold, and truly supportive of your health. I'm obsessed with Dry Farm Wines, One of the most fun things for me as a wine lover is you get mixed boxes of wine and it introduces you to varietals from all over the world. The wines taste amazing and you can say goodbye to hangovers. If you think you can't drink wine, you've got to try Dry Farm Wines. I am obsessed. You can get a bottle for a penny. Yes, a penny. Just go to dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to claim your penny bottle. That's dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon. All right, now back to the show. Hi, friends. I am so excited to tell you about something that I am obsessed with that can revolutionize your health, help with stress levels, support longevity, and really help you when you go out and are having a bit of wine or drinks or all the things. And I'm going to tell you how to get $100 off. So I've been talking about the role of NAD in our health for so long. NAD stands for nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. It is a coenzyme that is involved in so many processes in our body, including energy production and DNA repair. And it is depleted by things like stress, aging, lack of sleep, alcohol, and of course, too much partying. In fact, a lot of researchers believe that declining NAD levels is one of the key factors in aging. That's why I have been really interested in boosting and supporting NAD levels. And I have tried all the things. You can take precursors to NAD called NR and NMN. I still take NMN. However, I am much more alert by directly giving your body NAD. And historically, the most common way to do that that is accessible to people was through NAD IVs and NAD shots. I actually never did an NAD IV for a few reasons. One, they are extraordinarily expensive. Two, I've been doing the shots, which I liked because they were easy to do. That said, they always made me feel a little bit unwell right afterwards. And I've heard that the IV makes a lot of people feel unwell. So if the shots were making me feel unwell and that was going into the muscle first as like a barrier, I can't even imagine what putting it straight into my bloodstream would have done. Plus with the IVs, you have to sit there for potentially hours. So basically IVs were a no-go for me. So like I said, I was doing the shots, but I was like, I wish there was an easier way to do this. Then a company called Ion Layer reached out to me. Oh my goodness, friends. I am so obsessed. So they make transdermal NAD patches and they have studies showing that these patches actually boost your NAD levels. And what's so amazing is you put on a patch. It's super easy to put on. I have a video on my Instagram about how you do it. You basically get this patch thing with like a negative side and a positive side. You put saline on one side, you mix up the NAD with some sterile water and the NAD that they give you on the other side. Then you stick it to your arm or wherever you want to put it. You put a super cool black patch over it, kind of like how you put the patches over CGMs. And then what's amazing is there are no side effects. You don't feel unwell from it and it lasts for 14 hours and it's so easy. You can do it at home and then you can really decide when you want to do it. So with the shots, I was doing them once a week and I was trying to do them before going out with this patch. Now I put on the patch before going out and it makes me feel so good. It really helps the next day from any alcohol recovery that you may need. And they look pretty awesome with my outfits. Not going to lie. I am obsessed with these patches. I just want everybody to know about them and they are so much more affordable than the shots or the IVs. If you want to boost your NAD levels, support 
support anti-aging, help with your stress, help with lack of sleep, and or optimize your partying. You need these patches, friends. And I'm so excited because working with the company has been amazing and they are giving you guys $100 off, which is incredible. So to get that discount, just go to melanieavalon.com slash ion layer. That's I-O-N-L-A-Y-E-R and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get $100 off your first order. I cannot recommend these enough. I'm gonna use them for the unforeseeable future, probably for the rest of my life. It's literally just become part of my arsenal now. Like when I'm getting ready to go out, usually once a week, put on my NAD patch. And even if I don't go out that week, I still like to do one once weekly. Oh, P.S. They're also amazing for traveling. You guys know I'm not a big traveler. I've been doing more traveling recently and I wear these on the plane there and back. Game changer. Although it's really fun at TSA, especially because I already opt out and don't go through the scanner thing. So they already are suspicious. And then they're like, what's that on your arm? And I'm like, it's NAD. And then they're like, what's that? And then I'm like, it's a coenzyme in your body that's involved in a lot of metabolic processes and energy production and DNA repair. And then they just look at me really weird, but it's fine. It's totally fine. So again, that's melanieavalon.com slash ion layer to get $100 off your ion layer kit. It comes with six patches, totally the way to go for boosting NAD levels. And I cannot recommend it enough. melanieavalon.com slash ion layer with the coupon code melanieavalon for $100 off. Some follow-up questions there. You were talking about the duration of the session. How short or how long do you think sessions need to be to be effective, like in the clinical, I mean, who's to say what's more important, the clinical studies versus all the experience that you have with, you know, all these people can just a few minutes work or does it need to be longer? Do you know if there's like a big difference between, I know in some of the studies, it seems like they'll do like an hour session. Do you see a difference between, you know, one hour long session compared to doing, you know, five minutes every night? Yeah, no, it's a really, really good question. So first off, this is totally anecdotal and me guessing at stuff. I don't think we have the research right on it. The second caveat is it definitely depends what you're dealing with. So if you are, for example, listening to this and you have complex PTSD, that's the kind of thing that you want to try to find a practitioner. There's psychologists, psychiatrists, coaches, therapists with experience with complex PTSD who use tapping, who use this somatic modality to bring the body in and get results that are incredible. There's been a lot of research done on PTSD and tapping, and it's really robust with veterans. We've done a lot of work with our foundation with PTSD, but those are the things that usually require more attention where, you know, potentially a seven minute session on the app is not going to resolve that. So we'll have that caveat on those more complex things. In terms of You know, sessions tend to be an hour, and I don't know if that's just sort of left over from how clinical psychologists and people say we do an hour session. I know when I'm tapping with people, you know, I don't do it too often these days, but if you and I had a session, I tend to get to the heart of the matter pretty quickly, and 30 or 40 minutes later, if we're focused, it's sort of like the body's done. Like, okay, we focus on one thing, had a big shift, we're able to let it go. If someone said to me, what's better, should I do once a week for an hour or every day for five minutes? Again, everybody's different. I might say every day for five minutes. I might say that that constant bringing back to that place, releasing like what you're doing with anxiety, just even, you know, you're not doing it for five minutes. It sounds like even just a few minutes, right? Just like resetting it, having it as that tool. And that's one of the things that's really 
exciting about tapping. It's a reason why so many trained psychologists, trained psychiatrists, people who have been in clinical practice for decades who learn tapping say, well, I, can, I don't know what I was doing before, but I can't go back. I can't do without it. And it's for two reasons. One, in the hour session that they have with people, they see the change is so dramatic. The outcomes are so powerful. But the second side, which is so important, is that they can then tell their patients, their clients, okay, when I'm not here on Saturday afternoon, when it's the peak of your anxiety because your kids are driving you crazy, you have the opportunity now. You know this tool. You can go into the bathroom for 60 seconds or a minute or two, and you can calm your body down. You can begin to calm that nervous system, to retrain the limbic system, to release that anxiety. And that's not the case for a lot of other therapies. And I think that's one of the powerful aspects of tapping. One of the questions I do have is how important is it to be saying the things out loud? Because I know that I got this question actually from some listeners and I know even for me, sometimes I'll be doing videos and I'll be like, maybe I can just, you know, think, think these thoughts. I gather there probably is an aspect to actually vocalizing what you're saying. Do you know if there's any significance there with actually saying the words and the affirmations and the thoughts and the fears versus thinking them? Yeah. I mean, you can definitely do both and I'd rather people do it than not if they go, well, I'm at work or I'm in the office bathroom, so I'm not going to be in a stall yelling out even though I'm so angry. But the positive side of saying things out loud is that they tend to have, you know, a little more energy behind it. There's even cases and times when a practitioner or a therapist might have someone give even more emotion to it, uh, yell it, you know, just to try to connect to that emotion on a deeper level. The bottom line is whatever gets you to connect to that emotion, to connect to that memory, to be as present as possible. We're trying to really activate it as deeply and safely as we can. So, you know, that's the other component here that you don't want to go right into an awful traumatic memory if you freeze the second you think about it. That's a place where you go with a practitioner or if you can't work with one, you work slowly and go at your own pace with it. Yeah. And then one more thing just about what you are saying when you're doing the sessions. I think when I first started doing tapping, I was really focusing on the importance of, because at the beginning, you know, you say, even though I have this issue, I deeply and completely accept myself. And I kind of thought that was kind of like a throwaway statement. You know, you're like, okay, say the statement, say the statement so we can get into the actual tapping. But the more and more I do it, the more and more I think I'm realizing how important framing it that way is and how important that statement is. So what is the importance of opening the tapping session and having that statement as a part of it? Yeah, it's so powerful. You know, I certainly, it's not the only way to go. A lot of people will get stuck there. So you'll hear in some of the app meditations that I'll say things like, you know, even though I'm angry, I choose to relax. I choose to let go. Sometimes that can be that first step, especially for the let's call it the general public who might hear about this technique and all of a sudden they're loving and accepting themselves and what's that about? So if that feels uncomfortable, you don't have to start there. But yeah, there's an incredible power in that. And I think that dichotomy of that phrase, even though so it's like, I'm angry, I'm scared, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed, and I accept myself. Like I'm okay with how I am. I love myself even though I feel these emotions it's such a different thing from what most of us have experienced 
growing up where we were told that being angry or being sad or being this or being that were wrong in some way. Or again, with full belief in positive psychology and positive thinking that there's got to be a ground, a step in before that where we go, hey, it's okay that you're not perfect, right? It's okay that you are anxious again. It's okay that you're scared again. Let's begin from that place of love and acceptance. And when we can feel that for ourselves, that's when everything changes because it is so much easier to move forward from that place. It's so much easier to create what we want in our lives from the place of love and acceptance. The other way tends to be a place of willpower, of pushing, of striving, of running hard and fast. And it tends to work for a little while for some people, but then it's not sustainable. It burns out. It's sort of like if you force yourself going back to thinking about public speaking and being on stage, if you just will yourself on stage, if you just go, Melanie, this is what I want to do. And even though it's a miserable, anxious experience to talk on this podcast, I said I was going to do it. So I'm just going to do it. And then I'm going to be in cold sweats throughout it. And then I'm going to be miserable afterwards. But guess what? I achieved what I wanted to do. That's only going to last for so long. You might be able to will yourself through one experience or 10 experience or 100 experiences, but then it takes a toll on the body. And then we have other things in our lives. We have digestive issues. We have pains in our bodies. We have unexplained symptoms that, you know, the stress and the anxiety and the overwhelm could be contributing to in a major way. Yeah. And speaking to all those issues, listeners, in addition to the app, I definitely recommend you check out the Tapping Solution, the book, because in the book, Nick goes through like all the all the things you might want to tap on, the you know, health issues, phobias, even things like weight loss, you know, really you can use it to address anything, which is really, really wonderful. I love how you even said that people might want to tap on at the beginning the idea that tapping won't work. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know what I love? I meant to comment on it earlier that you said, because one of the things that I hear from people like, oh, is this a placebo effect? And does it just work because people believe it's going to? And half the time, people don't believe it's going to work, right? So like you mentioned that when you first did it, you weren't like you were actually biased against it, which is totally normal. And a lot of people are. So if anything, you'd say, well, that's the nocebo effect, the opposite of the placebo effect. You weren't conditioned to believe this process would work the way you are more conditioned to believe that a pill that a doctor gives you might work because they have a lab coat and they have training and it's a pill and you swallow it and it's supposed to work. So yeah, so you don't have to believe it for it to work for you. Do you, with all of the work that you've seen and how invested you are in it, are you still sometimes shocked by what you see with people and their changes? I mean, every day. More on Fridays than anything. And the reason I say Fridays is I get this report on Friday from our community manager from our Facebook group. And I check in on the Facebook groups throughout the week and comment, but I can't keep up with everything. We've got tens of thousands of members in different groups. And she sends the highlights. And they are just the highlights. It's usually anywhere between 20 and 40 comments that people left in a Facebook group. And time and again, on Friday afternoon, it's just sort of like wraps up my week beautifully. It's a great cherry on top of the week where you just read story after story after story that people are just transforming their lives. And in some of them are crazy. The pain relief ones where people have been in pain for decades, turning their lives around, 
people struggling with suicide, depression, anxiety, like all sorts of really tough stuff. You hear about the changes that they experience. And yeah, I hope it doesn't stop surprising me because it's just so exciting and keeps motivating me. That's why like when we started the conversation, I want to hear about your story. Like tell me more because it's just so exciting to hear from individual people around the world who are taking their power back. And that's the other thing that I hear. I mentioned earlier when you broke down crying, that that is one of the themes, right? Uh, There's just an unleashing of emotion. I hear words from people like hope, and I feel like I'm in control again. You know, when we are most stressed is when we have uncertainty about our future and when we don't feel like we're in control. That is the most stressful situation for a human. Uncertainty about the future and not feeling in control. And certainly we can't control everything in our lives and there's unexpected events and circumstances. But tapping helps us take so much emotional control, so much control over how we feel, over the emotions we feel, over the things that we can dream about, over the ways that we limit ourselves or don't limit ourselves and go for big goals and dreams. So for so many people, just taking that power back is a massive first step to create what they want in their lives. Do you have a very specific question, sort of random, but I've also traditionally engaged with things like EMDR, brain spotting. How do you feel tapping compares on a, I would say a scientific and a just a effective level to things like that? Is it working on similar pathways? Definitely similar pathways. I'm not too familiar with brain spotting, a little more familiar with EMDR. I know that there's been some studies comparing EFT and EMDR and they provide very similar results, which is great because EMDR has, I think, been studied a little more than tapping has, at least in the breadth of literature, especially because it's more clinician-based and that leads to more research where tapping has been a lot more user-focused as a self-help tool. That is the biggest distinction between EMDR and tapping that you can't, as far as I know, really do EMDR by yourself and you've got to do it with a therapist, which is great when you can, but limiting for a lot of people around the world, whereas tapping, you can do it on your own. So true. I didn't even think about the requiring a therapist aspect or a practitioner aspect for the other ones. Yeah, I would love to be, I mean, it's one of the reasons why, you know, we worked so hard on the app and getting that as a tool out there, especially with a lot of the humanitarian work that we've done in Africa with genocide survivors in Rwanda and then in my hometown where I live right now in Sandy Hook, where the Sandy Hook school shootings happened. We've done a lot of work on the ground, but one of the things that I saw very quickly is that we were limited by the ability for practitioners to be available, to be one-on-one with people. I mean, times when you do need it the most, and if possible, that is the best approach, but it took a lot of financial resources. And I started getting frustrated when, you know, shootings would happen in other places after that Sandy Hook shooting, and we had experience here, but we didn't have the funds or the resources to go show up in the middle of Michigan where something might have happened or Colorado where something might have happened. So the app is, you know, one small step and one way to contribute for people so they can get help where they are, regardless of financial resources. That's so wonderful. And then, I mean, sort of similar to that vein, tapping on external 
I would say external things because like I will use tapping, you know, for my own interior fears, anxieties, things like that. But now what I've found to be really, really practical for is if there is some sort of situation, like external situation, you know, maybe I'm engaging with somebody and they're speaking, you know, negatively or stressfully. And I feel like it's getting to me. I, I can start tapping while that's happening. And I feel like, I don't want to say it creates like a shield, but it sort of does in a way, like it, it makes these potentially future traumatic events or things that could be having a negative impact on me in a way I feel like it's allowing me to experience them without, you know, having that potential for that, that negative association. 100%, especially if you're really, I mean, many of us, especially if you're in this field and exploring these things, you're an empath and you feel what the world feels and you feel what people around you feel and they can get really heavy. We can tend to absorb all these things. So this is a way to strengthen you know, our personal experience and our shield and, and have a better experience. Yeah. I mean, cause just, I know for me personally, I, I think one of my most recent problems I would say is that I've done so much research on the brain. So, I mean, I don't think I know anything, but I'm just constantly, you know, searching for answers and trying to learn. And I've, I'm reading more and more and more about, oh, you know, having these negative thoughts or these negative experiences are going to create these negative pathways. So I always have this fear of, oh no, like everything I'm doing might be making things worse, even though I'm trying to like find an answer or there's just always a fear that maybe what I'm doing actually isn't helping me. But having tapping has provided a wonderful way to work with that and actually, you know, grow from that. It's it's so funny. So I was seeing a therapist and I, I brought up the brain spotting and I had never done brain spotting before. And that technique is where you uses the eyes, like where you're looking to activate parts of your I mean, it's similar in the idea that it's tapping into, you know, the limbic system memories has to do with where your eyes are looking. But when I started doing it, I was really worried because I was like, what if I'm just experiencing the negative and this isn't actually working? So I asked my, the therapist, I was like, is it okay if I tap while doing the brain spotting? And she was like, she was like, yeah, that's fine. So now I've been, it's so funny, whenever I actually kind of use the sessions now, I sort of see it as a a tapping session rather than a brain spotting session because it's like forcing me to sit down for an hour and do the tapping. And I'm like thinking the things in my head. So I found that really effective. I mean, you shouldn't be scared about thinking these negative thoughts, but there is something to be said. And I've, and I've seen it in the tapping community for the last 20 years that I've been a part of or 17 years. So part of the thing with tapping in, in certain circles is going, okay, well, there's childhood traumas that could create that fear of speaking and, you know, other things from the past that could be keeping me stuck. So let me go clean up the past. And it's something I did personally. So it's a really positive approach to go, okay, let me think about fifth grade and how I felt and what I remembered and the things that happened that might be keeping me stuck today. So that's positive where it can get a little bit problematic is when people obsess on until I figure out everything from my childhood that I went through that was traumatic. I've got to unearth everything. I've got to tap through everything. And then I will arrive at some sort of nirvana place where I cleared out all these things from my life. And the approach that I take is to try to have a little more balance between, you know, the negative, the dirt, the truth, but also and you'll see it in every session, especially the new sessions in the app, also really anchoring in the positive when we can move into that state. So it's like see the dirt and acknowledge how I feel and let it go. But then when that opening is there to feel hope, 
to feel joy, to feel happiness, cultivating that feeling and that experience, because that's just as an important part of the process to go, you know, for many of us, joy, it's like, okay, experience joy. Well, I haven't experienced a lot of joy in my life, so I don't know what that's like. And we almost have to practice it as if we were, you know, practicing a musical instrument. It's like, all right, this is what joy would feel like. And this is the thoughts that I would have to think and the way I would have to hold my body and the way I would have to breathe to feel joy. And then we create these positive emotions. We anchor them into our body and we can do that so much more easily when we do the tapping on the negative stuff first, open up the space and then create the positive emotions. Yeah, I love that so much. And that is for listeners, a common trajectory or a common timeline of the tapping videos or the sessions is ultimately ending on this positive note. It's like you, when you stop, you're not usually still tapping on the, the fear. You're, you come to this place of acceptance, love, joy, which is just so wonderful. Yeah. And sometimes it comes naturally, which is the best part, right? When it's like, oh my gosh, I was so angry. And now my heart is filled with forgiveness. And I didn't have to force myself to forgive this person. I didn't have to go, well, you know, all the books say that forgiveness is good. So I guess I should do it. I acknowledge how I felt. I released the anger, the event, the emotion, the thing that was keeping me stuck. And then I naturally moved to this other place. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we so often think, especially when we haven't experienced joy or happiness or love for a while, that it's something we have to create that, you know, that it's going to take energy, but it seems that more, it just, it's always there. It just gets clouded by all of this other stuff. And when we clear that away, it was there all along. I always think of, I'm always haunted by, I think about the end of the Wizard of Oz when Dorothy realizes, you know, it was all in her, her own backyard all along. So, well, thank you so much for being here, Nick. I'm just like, now I'm just thinking back when I first picked up your book that those many years ago and here I am talking to you. So I'm so, so grateful. Thank you for all of your work. And I do have one question that I ask every single guest as the last question on this podcast. And that's just because I've realized how important mindset and love and gratitude is. So what is something that you're grateful for? Mm, wonderful question. And I'm going to say my daughter, June, she's four and a half years old. She is the light of my life. She brings a smile to my face about a hundred times a day. I work out in this barn, this office that I built in my backyard. So I get to see her often. And when we're done with our podcast, I get to walk 50 feet and play some sort of ridiculous game that she'll invent in the kitchen. It's the middle of winter here now in Connecticut. So we'll probably be running around in circles in the kitchen doing something. And I'm very grateful for that. I love that so much. <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I am so grateful for your work, for what you're doing. You're changing lives. I am just so grateful. <laughs> so for listeners, again, the show notes will be at melanieavalon.com slash tapping. Are there any other ways listeners can best follow your work? We'll put the link to the apps, to your book, your website, anything else listeners can follow? Yeah, the app is probably the easiest thing right away. I'm on Instagram at Nick Ortner, N-I-C-K-O-R-T-N-E-R. -E That's where you will get pictures of June. And we did just post a video of me flying around the kitchen in a little car that she was pushing me. So exactly what I was describing, you can witness in full, <laughs> full video along with tapping resources and inspirational quotes. And then I'm on Facebook at forward slash N Ortner. So we can hang out there. Wonderful. 
Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to all the future findings on tapping and just seeing where it goes from here. I think it, I mean, it can have profound implications on the world and it already has. So thank you for everything. Thank you so much, Melanie. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What When Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine, as well as my blog, MelanieAvalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at MelanieAvalon.com. And always remember, you got this.